Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Catch and shoot three on the way. Yes, sir! Welcome to the NBA! Brandon Miller! Cross into the area, headed onward, save Kalina! Hello ball, pick and roll with Mark Williams, goes up with the right hand, bank shot, good, got it, and a foul. It's Frankie Louvu, the leading tackler and a fan favorite here in Charlotte who made the play. Young throws for the end zone, touchdown! This is Charlotte Sports Today with your host, Jeff Ritter. Grace Grill from Queen City News, Charlotte Sports Live. She is uh, joining us here the rest of the week at a special time for Charlotte Sports today as uh, we we at least partially cover the tracks left by Mack and Bone. No one, as you know, Flounder, nobody can completely cover the tracks left by both of those guys, especially if we're talking about Snow Angel tracks, correct? Yeah, those are large and loud tracks and to cover. And deep. They get wow. very deep. Uh, that's how that goes. Grace, how are you doing this morning? I'm I am up. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. This is I don't know how you guys do this all the time. Like to be up and functioning at this hour. It's one thing to be up, but to be up and to be able to complete cohesive sentences is another thing. It, it makes you appreciate Mac even more who wakes up at five o'clock yes. in the morning every day or even earlier at full speed at a hundred miles an hour by the time he gets here. Different breed. Totally different breed. We appreciate those guys. They'll be back on Tuesday. We'll all take the holiday off on Monday and let you guys relax and watch football all day long. And I know we're all looking forward to that. Speaking of football, Grace, kind of what we expected last night out of the JV from North Carolina. They got housed by West Virginia. And they're just, especially on that offensive line, they're just missing so many guys and so many receivers. And it's just, it's hard to go up against starting Division One talent in West Virginia when you're playing guys that just don't have a lot of experience at this point in time. Yeah, I mean it was kind of what kind of what everyone expected and um I mean I think I think that first play what was it? The first play from scrimmage. Seventy <laughs> five yard touchdown. Hello. I mean you didn't Is even that when get, Anthony tuned out? <laughs> yeah. You didn't even get a t- like a a time to just settle in and then to already be down. Like that's a mental battle. Like it was going to be one thing for the JV, as you call them to play, to play in this game and to, to put together four full quarters, but then to have that be the first play, like that's a mental battle that you got to, that you start with and have to get over from the beginning. And I think that's, that's just super a tough way to start. Yeah, that was really difficult. And Flounder, were you out after the 75-yard pass player? Did you hang around while they tried to make it a game for the first half? Well, the problem is is that you had to hang around because uh, the first seven drives of the game, Carolina uh, got inside of West Virginia territory at some point. The problem is you came away with 10 points. That's it. So they moved the ball well. There was a lot of stuff that looked good. I liked some of what I saw from Connor Harrell. But when you can't score, when you can't put the ball in the end zone, I mean, it's frustrating. They very much look like the Panthers for the first 14 weeks of the season. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's been a problem for this team. I mean, you go back to the Clemson game. They, they should have been up 17 nothing in that game on the road. But you had the fumbles from Amari and Hampton. Like, this is not a new thing for Tar Heel football. But... I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to be too angry about it, but at the same time, it's like, 
I mean, the opportunities were there, and they just couldn't take advantage of it. I would like to make note that Anthony is sitting in here decked out in Target Heels gear. He's got the hat. He's got the polo. He's got the matching J's on. Like, that is that is real support, that, win or lose. That look is only interrupted occasionally during football season by some Giants gear and several times during the baseball season with Mets gear. There you go. But that is the look. Grace every single day. Oh, you wait till high. You wait till hockey playoff time. Uh, my Rangers are really feeling it, guys. That's the game. I really. If we're talking about one of my teams, let's talk about a five-one win last night. That's right. We look pretty. Good. Yeah, everybody in He's Carolina over, wants to hear about the, the Rangers. That's right. Yeah, come on. Um, screw the Rangers. That's what I would say. Oh man, how'd your team uh, look last night? Didn't they lose in overtime to uh, Arizona? Should Jeff? we compare Stanley Cup rings over the last twenty years? Okay. All right, let's do that. See how that goes. Um, but honestly, the Canes, you know, they're they're going tonight, right? Well, they won last night. They, yeah, won, they won five two over right. the Preds, right? Yeah. So yeah. and now they now they turn around again tonight. They play Montreal. This if they could get a win tonight, that would be pretty big for them well, to come out of the gate back to back games, and you get two big wins to start off. Uh, after the Christmas break. I think but, that would feel huge. But where I was going is, if you can get another defensive effort tonight, like you got last night, and hold a team to less than three goals, this is a team that starts to look pretty good now. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I am one of the few puckheads on staff here, so we occasionally work that in, Grace. It's kind of how that goes. Yeah, I, still haven't, I haven't followed hockey as much since being out of DC where I was covering the Capitals for much, but I mean, and we, we touch, we touch the Canes. So I, I try to keep up with what they're doing. Well, it's, I'm telling you, we need to get together four or five folks and you're included. And we, we need to make, take a little uh, trip up to, to uh, Raleigh and see this team play. That's yeah, what we need fun. to do. That would be really um, fun. Because we were talking more about North Carolina football and I'll ask you this, Anthony. Wait, like, where do they go from here? I know they were trying to find out if they need to bring in another quarterback or what's going on last night, and there were times that he looked okay. Obviously, you can't take too much from last night because there were a lot of guys playing that haven't had a lot of playing time and experience. But we don't see another Mitch Trubisky or a Sam Howe or specifically a Drake May coming down the pike right now. And that's been responsible for a lot of Mac Brown's success over the last six, eight years. So what next? I mean, it's, it's, it's a great question. It's the reason why a lot of people are wondering if, if he's the guy that should still be in place right now because you're basically going to have to rebuild. I mean, you're, you're starting from scratch because, yeah, you've got a – You've got a quarterback that I guess fits your system. You kind of like him in Connor Harrell, but we don't really know. I mean, last night is so hard to judge. When your offensive line lets up seven sacks, I mean, how do you really judge what the kid actually is? Max Johnson, is he a guy? I mean, even if he is your guy, he's there for one year and then he's gone. So, I mean, they got to figure that out. They've got to do something on the defensive side of the football. That that side, they're gotta, there has to be staff changes. I like, love that we talk about college football in the sense of we got to rebuild as if rebuilding is is steady with the state of college football right now. Because well, you can rebuild all you want, and these kids can still go. Well, it's true, but the thing that is interesting is that you can actually rebuild a lot quicker now in college football if, if you're aggressive in the portal. Now, the problem is, is that the Tar Heels have landed a grand total of four transfers. That's it. And most of the guys are guys that were buried on their depth charts. So I don't, I don't really understand what the strategy is. Um, but the thing is, is like, look, Mac Brown has said it. 
for years since coming back. We need the fan support. We need the fan support. Well, right now, it's hard to really beg for that when two consecutive years you've completely collapsed down the stretch, even while the fans have been there to support you. Um, and then, I mean, 2021, I mean, geez, man, you, you started the season inside the top 10 and finished six and seven. So, like, these last three years, yeah, eight, nine wins is good for Carolina football, but it's the it, it's the way it looks. It's the fact that they have started out the, se- the, the last two seasons nine and one and then six and oh, and you finish with a nine and five record and a eight and five record. So. This is the service I provide, folks. Grace is I, I allow Flounder and Josh to come on and just vent and just get the as I like to say, get the poison out. And I feel like it's free therapy for them, rather than them paying two hundred dollars an hour to go see a licensed. Yeah, you should start charging. Therapist. I still I still see a therapist though, Jeff. We, we do that. That's okay. So, I'm did scarred. you guys just to, just to go off that? Just the the passion. And that's is healthy, just and I'm glad you do. The passion ahead, is Chris. just oozing out of Anthony right now. And it's yeah. great, like, because that's why you love sports. But did you guys happen to see, uh, I think it was Lane uh, Lane Kiffin a couple, a couple months ago, and he made the comments of just, like, you know, getting kids to buy in and wanting to come. Like, when we... When we talk about college athletics, especially especially with football these days, it's so disappointing to hear that it's it's hard to recruit to certain programs. Like UNC is one of your state schools. Like I grew up in um, in Pennsylvania, where like our like the guys that I grew up with that play football, like that was the dream was to play for Penn State or Notre Dame. It was like a heavily Notre Dame, Irish Catholic area, right? So it was either Penn State or Notre Dame. And if you got the opportunity to go play football at Penn State, like if, like even even today, like if James Franklin shows up at the high school, that's like a big deal, right? Because they're recruiting these guys. Where now, this this is this was where I was very hesitant with the NIL stuff coming in because it was going to change college athletics because it no one plays for pride anymore. And that's what's kind of disappointing to hear that you have all these kids like it shouldn't be hard to recruit to UNC. Well, it wasn't. I will say that. I mean, right, when he first came back to put on that blue and white. Yeah. When he first came back, there were a lot of kids, I think, that bought into that. Um, and I, I mean, you saw the results. I mean, 2019, they weren't great. They finished uh, that season seven and six. But I mean, look, that was the first year after Larry Fedora's mess. He did a great job of scrambling and you lucked into Sam Howell when you landed him. 2020, you started seeing, and you were like, okay, this team, they made the Orange Bowl. I get it, it was in a COVID season, but they made the Orange Bowl. This team has a chance to be legit. And then since that point, I I was thinking about this today when I was driving in. I wonder how much different this program looks if they win that Orange Bowl game over A&M. Yeah. Because A&M was a team that, remember, they felt like they were left out of the playoff field. They, They were basically Florida State. Now, it wasn't as egregious, but they felt like they should have been in. And they played a good majority of their guys that played that season. Carolina was missing a few guys, some guys like De'Ami Brown set that game out. And Carolina still had a chance to win it. If they win that game, they win the Orange Bowl. I mean, who knows how different it is. But, I mean, it's it's just, yeah, it's the nature of the beast now with the NIL and everything like that. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of guys that are like, look, I'm here for me. I, I, I have my clothing line. I have this. I yeah. have that. It's ruined. I'm not football. worried about the program. How many times a week when you're driving in do you think of that Orange Bowl game, Flounder? Because I feel like it's right there at the tip. It's probably like four, probably like four or five, maybe. <laughs> How long has it been now? 
almost four years now yeah. since they played in that game. Uh, and I can't believe it's been four years since we need to work COVID, on that. By the way, we, too. We, that's what we need. Oh to work my on. gosh, that's yeah, what we need that's what I'm saying. On. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, Grace Grill from Queen City News in today. And you had the night off last night. So how'd that go? Yeah. So I had all these all these plans on a night off. I was going to go to the game. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to you earlier. You asked me, how was the game? How was the atmosphere? And I was like, you know, I didn't make it to the game because I was up at a crazy hour of the morning that I am not used to being up and functioning at. And I went back to my apartment. I cleaned everything and i fell asleep on the couch and took like a two and a half hour nap woke up and i was like well guess i'm not going to the game doesn't it feel good though when you wake up and the apartment is like just completely clean yeah doesn't that I, feel great? I told uh i i was telling anthony i said when was the last time you cleaned your stove because like that's the kind of cleaning i did yesterday <laughs> whenever i'm traveling the last thing i do before i leave is completely clean the apartment yes do all the laundry put everything away so that when you walk back in after a couple of days of being gone it's perfect yep is that now? Does that make me? Are, are you that way as oh, well, yeah, or does that make me like a little uptight? No, but I'm in that uptight category where like dust drives me nuts. I'm big. Yeah. I'm big on. I was t I, the only thing that's like a mess during the week during my work week is my closet, and that's mm. reasonable for what I do. Like I have never, I never know what I want to wear, so I just pull something <laughs> out. But the rest of the house is spotless. <laughs> yeah, Flounder never has that problem. It's just how do you go about choosing? which gear to wear that day is there a science to that so there's actually a, a it's a lineup of clothes i line them up on sunday and i pick them out like i'm a cartoon character and just put them on each day this is my outfit no i For literally just, just do the same thing i just i open certain drawers that i know okay. i keep certain things in and I'm, i look i say ah that looks pretty good i think i'll wear that and i'll wear this shirt do you have a unc no. drawer like this is my mets drawer this is my unc drawer i do uh, i don't I don't have specific drawers for them. Now, the thing is, is that in the drawers, there are certain areas. So there's a Tar Heel area, like in the shirt drawer, Tar Heel area, Mets area, Rangers area, Giants yeah. area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the only tweaks I've had to make to Anthony and Josh's uh, wardrobe when they come to work, Grace, is at work, always some sleeves. Can't wear anything that's sleeveless. Oh, we're not doing the whole not Pat McAfee. Not a, not I did it. I did it one yeah. time as a joke yeah. because I wore it on my podcast, yeah. which is on camera, and yeah. Mac thought it was great, and uh, Jeff was Jeff was not thrilled. No, he did not, not want to see the guns. Not at work. <laughs> yes, those guns. And then if you're out and about representing the station, then we do need to wear full length pants. Unless now, if you're, no, I will make an no, exception. I'll make an for... exception. If they're covering like the Wells Fargo, and it's you know it's the middle of summer, they're out at the racetrack. I, like I'm, I'm flexible in that regard. But you know, look sharp. That's all. There we go. That's, that's all. Look sharp. Easier said fair? than done, Jeff. But okay. no, you guys, you guys do it well. Uh, and I know completely on TV, everything matters when it comes to looks, right? Like Grace, do you, do you like how do you decide week day to day? what you're going to wear for TV, because I would think that would be a whole ordeal. Yeah, you know, when I first started in my career, I thought about that way too much than I should have, where yeah. I thought that mattered. It does matter. Like, you need, to, you need to look presentable, obviously, with the nature of it being a visual medium. But now I'm just like, do I have a dress clean? Just whatever dress. Like, there'll be some days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I feel good in red today, or I feel good in blue today. Like, I have those days, but it's awesome. very few and far in between. And then it's bonus if we match on air. Like, I always try to match, like, Mike Lissette or Gabe. Gabe McDonald is a lot better at matching because I just think it looks nicer on TV. 
But mm-hmm. Mike Lissette is also colorblind as well, like legitimately colorblind. <laughs> and he'll be like, hey, I'm wearing pink. And he'll come in in like a red tie. And I'm like, what? Not so much, yeah, right? No. no. Uh, when I was doing my TV thing, the big thing I had is always at work, I always kept two different jackets mm-hmm. and about a half a dozen ties cause you, and, and one or two dress shirts because you just never know what the day is going to be like. Yeah, Sometimes or if you, you spill get called your into coffee. Work. Yeah, or you get called into work like immediately or something like that. So, But I will tell you this. I was a big proponent. You can't do it a lot depending on what the set looks like. Like if you're behind a desk, I was a big blue jeans guy. Like you, I would oh, be, yeah. I would dress from the waist up. Oh, I would totally do that too, except they have us in all these different like right. camera angles where we close out the show in like full length. And I'm like, oh, I have to actually wear something that you can see my whole outfit. Or like sometimes I'll, they'll call me into like the, the four, five or six to do a tease. Yeah. And I'll be in a dress and sneakers and I'm like, and I'll ask my producers, I'm like, can you guys see my feet? And they're like, no, we'll cut it off. I'm like, great. <laughs> can you see? <laughs> Flounder has never wants that. Maybe Mac has. I don't think Flounder's ever said, hey, can they see my feet? <laughs> <laughs> So that goes. Mac is a big proponent of taking your shoes off on planes, which we've which we've discussed way too much here on, on the radio. planes. But yeah, like don't do that in public. Don't take your shoes off around other people. In public. Oh, I think if, if they're not an, your fam- if they're not your family members, you can't you can't do that. I mean, not on like a probably not a domestic flight because they're they're too short. But like overseas, like if you're flying overseas and you're not like if you're on a long, you're not taking your shoes off. I don't know. It just feel it feels like I mean definitely socks. We're not taking our socks off, yeah. but. What if you're in one of the overnight? You take your shoes though? off in the airport to go through the. Yeah, that's true. That's a. You know what? That's a. That's a hell of a. That might be the best point that has ever been made on the show. Yeah. Wow. You're required know. to take them off. I, I'm not. I am. In, I'm not even afraid to say. This, I am not at all a foot person. Like there is nothing attractive, interesting. <laughs> Oh, you don't about get, feet whatsoever. I don't you don't get, get that um, weird emails of, no, of viewers watching you asking for feet pictures? No, but you do, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coming up in a minute, we're going to talk about uh, the Jacksonville game. Coming up just a couple of days away now. Can you believe that we're already midweek? Uh, Chris Tabor talking a little bit about uh, things that he saw from Bryce Young this past weekend. So we'll hear about that as we continue next here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome into Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Grace Grill, kind enough to grace us with her uh, presence. I didn't even mean that pun right there. That just happened. I didn't even mean that. You can use it both ways. I, I Mac and Bone love to use the last name around here, Grill. That's grace a great Grill. name, though. It's I know. Nice. My my uh, Greg Mace, He uh, the late, great Greg Mace, was. he's called the godfather of high school football back, uh, back in my hometown because he, uh, he basically created the first 
full half hour football high school football show, but he was the yeah. one he told me he goes, you know, you can never change your name, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> I went, I, I think I went on a date and he was like, the first thing out of his mouth, it was a date. And he was like, you know, you can never like change your name because it's such a great TV name. And I was like, whoa, like relax. Wow. How'd that, so there was no second date? No. Okay. No, I'm a hard note. sell. Was that take, the reason? What were you other. thinking about that in the back of your head, though, the entire time? Like, oh, God. Oh, I'm this sure. Dude's- no. Usually, usually, if there's no second date on either side, there are sometimes multiple reasons. <laughs> Just how that goes. We won't get into that. Uh, and occasionally, look. All right. Awkward uh, moment number two on the <laughs> There we go. All right. I walked us into that. That was my fault. That's okay. Now, we're just trying. We're here trying to help Flounder and Josh as often as possible. That's what we're trying to do. So this just is a little bit of information oh, here. I didn't even like get the, the spin. Got it. I'm no, that's it. just a constant ongoing theme here. Is we we're doing our best to help the boys out. That's kind of it's that working works. great. It's working great, Jeff. Well, you got to put yourself out there too, Anthony. Yeah. I'm around. We've talked about that. Kinda. But anyway, um, the Carolina Panthers, they will be playing Jacksonville, and Jacksonville may be without grace. They're starting quarterback, former Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who's had a tough year after it looked like a breakout year last year. Things have kind of collapsed on Jacksonville again this year. They may not even have him this week. Does that uh, is, is that looking like a chance for a good road win, maybe, for the Carolina Panthers, coming off clearly their best half of football this season? Yeah, I definitely think it, it increases their odds. I mean, I, I, I like Carolina going into this going into this game, just, just going off of how they did play and, and how the team was at the end of that game. I just thought that they, they had, yeah, they had a couple calls that didn't go their way, but I just thought that everybody in postgame just had a different type of fire of, Okay, now you're mad. Now you're not just oh yeah, it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna go watch the tape and look what happened. Like all of that, you know, coach speak and player post game talk, where it was just like yeah, no, we're mad. Like we want to go out there, and there was a little different of a fire to them. And I was like okay, so I kind of like that. If they can keep that rolling throughout the week, I like them going into Jacksonville. And if and if the Jags are without Trevor Lawrence, I think that definitely gives them um, definitely gives them a little bit more of an edge, just because he is such a a crucial part to that offense. And I was not, even with him, I mean, what did he get hurt in the third quarter last, last week? I want to say he got hurt. So he wasn't like yeah, playing the whole game. Of the third, as, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he, even with him in, I, I did not think that that game was going to go the way it went too. I was, I was shocked it did. So I do think Carolina has a shot against them. Well, I will point out that in that fourth quarter, there were two long drives, nine plays, 60 yards for a touchdown, five plays, 70 yards for a touchdown, and a couple of big plays at the very end that ended up just running out of time. And in the third quarter, they put together a 14-play, 72-yard drive. So there were there were four instances in that second half where they clearly found, I wouldn't say easy all the time, but they were able to move the sticks and keep things going. Yeah, this is where I like the Panthers' defense, though. Like, I think they're going to come out and have a better game after after last week. Well, they've got to do something. And one of the things that we saw and continue to see, and I think this fan base needed to see it, we've seen flashes from Bryce, but that second half that he put together at quarterback yeah. and the way he was slinging the ball around and making quick decisions and putting the ball on target where it needed to be, that's got a lot of people talking. And yesterday that was a big topic of conversation for Chris Tabor as he met with the media uh, for the first time for the week and talked about wh- what has gone on, not just in that second half, but really over the last several weeks with Bryce Young and the rest of the team. 
just in whole as everybody's playing better uh and we talked about it from the the Atlanta game, right? The last drive, and we wanted to carry it over into this game. Know that we didn't start as fast as what we wanted to, but then he found his rhythm along with the other guys. And uh, that, that's big because when you're doing those things, obviously confidence grows, and then what you're willing to do and what risk you're willing to take also increases. So I think it's uh, as a collective, it's, it's, it's been big, and, and, and we need to continue that the next two weeks here. And now if we can just get all three phases, as we talked about yesterday, Grace, because the offense came through. The defense kind of let them down against Green Bay, especially at the end of the game where Green Bay was able to march into field goal range and kick the, what eventually would be the game-winning field goal. But in addition to the drives I talked about just a moment ago, remember when they kind of kicked it in gear in the middle of the second quarter, there was an eight-play, 77-yard drive there, too. Like, long drives consistently in a football game is just not something we've seen from this team. Well, and I like Chris Tabor's comments there because it's so true. Like, yeah, obviously you have to have confidence to play to play this game at a high level. But the his comment there about when things are starting to work, you're the guys are willing to do more because they see the sacrifice paying off. Right. And I think you felt that in that game where, you know, sometimes you've seen the defense. I mean, it's like the the fourth quarter story, right, where the defense plays plays so great the whole game. And then they kind of like in the fourth quarter, they kind of disappear. And, yeah, some of that is fatigue, but also it's just like. Why are we going to go out there and play hard when we're gassed because this this offense can't, can't score? But it's the same with with the offense players too. Like like they these guys go out there and they they do like yeah they're paid to go play a game but they do sacrifice their 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 bodies when they go out there and it's like well when things are rolling and and you have an opportunity to win I think guys are motivated to do a little bit more because there is that chance of winning where it almost seems not worth it when you know you're going to lose. Yeah, and we saw, ironically, with Frank Wright gone, um, who's always been kind of a guy that used a lot of multiple tight end sets and really featured the tight ends, you probably still see, uh, I don't know if a little bit of that is, is around, but I know that this past week, how about between Tremble and Sullivan, seven catches yeah. for 80 yards? Yeah, I thought, th- this that was one area that I really thought, like even in training camp, I thought, especially when they when they signed Hayden Hurst, um, I know he hasn't panned out the way that they wanted to, and he's been injured a little bit, but I thought that that was going to be a really um, a big focal point of of this offense because if you look at all the, the top offenses in the league, the, the the tight ends are always utilized, and sometimes it's in a it's in like a two set. So it's it's it, and especially for a rookie quarterback, a smaller rookie quarterback, like they're usually bigger guys than your receivers. They're just bigger targets, and then how they play in the blocking scheme as well. I think you've seen Tommy Tremble um, be really productive in the blocking scheme in recent weeks too. Which is really, look, if you don't have tight ends that can do both in today's NFL. It's, oh, you have to. The, the only other way you do it is if you just put them in the slot most of the time and keep them off the line of scrimmage. Well, and but. it's such a position that can be so dangerous. I mean, I I think the, the last time I really paid attention to it was when I was covering the, the Ravens because – Lamar Jackson had Mark Andrews in there. Now, Mark Andrews is a big target, but when you put him in there, yeah, he's a great blocker, but also you never knew if he was in there to block or if he was going to be their, their first option. Like, you you just didn't know, and I think that that versatility, you talk about the Panthers, like, not having enough motion. Like, that's another element of it, of you have to make guys play you more honest. Yeah. I think the other thing, though, when, when we talk about the downside of that loss, uh, again, 
we talked about it a little bit yesterday, and you and I talked about it off the air. I was really, really disappointed with the defensive effort against Green Bay. Playing at home on a day where your offense has it rolling. Do you know I went back and looked at, at that uh, night before last, Grace? They only even hit the quarterback twice during the entire game. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing with, with because of the way the offense was playing. It was like, really? Like, they finally figured it out, and we can't get it <laughs> We can't get it going on the, the unit that we are not worried about. But, yeah, I mean, but I think, I think, they'll, I think they'll bounce back this week. I, I, it's, it's so tough because you don't want to say, like, oh, you guys didn't do their job because they've been doing their job all season, and it's like you guys aren't allowed to have a, a down – yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like it seems it seems hypocritical. Like if the, the offense is the in other, there saying you guys didn't do your job, it's like really where have you been all? But the other problem is that not only did they only hit the quarterback twice, but they gave up 219 yeah. yards rushing. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry, I take that back. 162 yards rushing. I, I was looking at the wrong number, but 162 yards rushing. Uh, Green Bay averaged almost five yards a carry in that game. Yeah, it was uncharacteristic for them. Yeah, sure. so they need to, to kind of pull that back together if they have any chance of winning on the road. And maybe they'll get a lucky break and they won't have to see Trevor Lawrence and they'll play Jacksonville, who's been struggling all along as it is anyway. Uh, but an opportunity, like if nothing else, don't you, I, I don't know that they can even get out of it at this point in time, but wouldn't it be nice to just not give Chicago the number one overall pick yeah. at the end of the day? 100%. That was just, that, that that's just the most brutal trade that I've ever covered or, or seen. Like, cause that's just, I was speaking to, uh, I was speaking to a buddy from back home and, and, uh, the Sixers were in town playing the Hornets and he works for the Sixers. And he was like, Hey, you know, how's it been covering them? And I said, Oh, well it's, you know, it's been brutal with the Hornets and then the Panthers. And he was like, well, Hey, at least you got the number one pick. I was like, no, no, we don't. Cause we traded that one as yeah. well. And he was like, Oh, you know, well, that's what you got. You had the number one overall pick, and you hope that Bryce pans out. Um, I was never a fan of giving up that much to no. go up to number one for any of those guys. Now that nope. you've done that, I'm committed, and I'm all Team Bryce now, and hope that he can get it together, and, and we go from there. But it's not generally, as, as I mentioned throughout the, the process, generally those big trades to go up in the draft they don't always work out. It's it's kind of a coin I just, flip. I just didn't understand it from the beginning. Like I remember the... The, the sound bite from Scott Fitterer was, oh, this is going to be the quote unquote sexy draft. And I was like, OK, I was thinking, all right, you're going to go get you're going to get a number one receiver. I think I can't remember if they brought in Dalton before or after they made they traded up for that. I can't remember where. But even if Bef- you were before it was yeah. before. Yeah. So I was thinking, OK, you bring in a veteran. Did they trade Darnold at that point? My mind's blurred. Like, I think they still have, I don't think they traded him away yet. So I, I could kind of see what they're well, doing. he's a like, free agent. Yeah. So I, you didn't know what was going on there. You bring in Dalton. I was like, okay, like maybe you do this. You have your, your draft where you go get a couple, couple stars in the, in the top rounds. And then, and then you, you build off that. And then maybe next year, because everybody was high on this year's quarterback class, then maybe you work something in um, for this year's, for this year's class. But then they went up and, and traded all of that, and I was just like, "What is going on?" I, I never, I never liked that. Tra- no matter who it was, that's not an indictment on Bryce in the way that the season. But I'll tell you what, like, if Bryce keeps putting up numbers like he did this past week, and he can do that consistently, then maybe we have a different take on this next year. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what we'll happens. See. We'll um, see. Speaking of how things change, though, like what, like what are we supposed to make of Caleb Williams now, who had an amazing year last year? Struggled along with his team at times this year. 
decides to opt out of USC's bowl game last night, and his understudy, Miller Moss, throws for 372 yards and six touchdowns in what might have been the greatest offensive performance of USC season last night. How about that? Yeah, it doesn't look great on him when he can his backup can pretty much do the same thing. So I uh yeah, that's that's really something. This is the this the the thing with Williams is I and I don't think this is talked about enough in the college football game is like when we, we just look at stats with these guys, right? And, and and really it's only a couple years now. Like you're not seeing a full you know, four years of college football through a good season, a bad season. How do they react to that? Like this isn't high school. Like you can, you can have a, like the the kid that played for UNC last night, Connor Harrell. Like he was like, what, a three time state champion in high school. Yes. And then, okay. So that's, that's good enough to get you recruited to the college level. But then what's good enough from the college level to make, to make everyone think that you're going to be successful at the NFL level. Like every step in the football journey and, and in whatever sport you're playing is a, is a step closer to how you're going to, like, it just gets harder, right? Like, here's the next level. So you might be a three-time state high school champ. Okay, let's see what you can do at the college level. Oh, you can put four years of of work, a body of work together. It's like, you know what? We think that you're going to be successful here at the NFL, where now scouts are really only getting, you know, two years, essentially, of guys in in college. And is that really a a complete body of work to think that they're going to be good at the next level it's a little bit like the nba where so much is based on your upside right they're drafting 18 and 19 year olds into the nba to compete against guys that are 28 30 years old and have been doing it for a long time based on their upside and some of them live up to that and some of them you know get crushed under the weight of all of that now you put it into an ultra physical game where there's clearly a difference between men and boys in the national football league and i don't even think it gives your time even from a physical standpoint like it doesn't even give their their bodies time to fully develop because what is that like guys what is it for guys that guys don't even stop growing till they're like what 25 and developing mm-hmm. like i think that's the standard i'm not a uh, some, some like that but you know what i mean like there's something to that as well where you like go through four years of a college weight program and stuff like that where you're essentially taking a sophomore or maybe a redshirt sophomore and throwing them in against grown grown men yeah, that's you know, crazy case, to me. You know, in the case of like even a full-grown physical guy like Iki Aquanu, you can't tell me that these first two years of ups and downs for him haven't largely been tied to, hey, you're going up against guys like Miles Garrett now. Yeah. There's nobody like Miles Garrett in college football. Nobody. And now you're looking at guys like and they're that. They're all like that. Like it's not one yeah. guy on a college football team that you have to worry about. Every single but every single player at this at the NFL is that player. And that's why I don't know that I, I wouldn't say that Iki Aquano has been a bust. I think it's an on the job learning process where you now have to learn how to put your physical abilities up against absolute freaks of nature that are also smart at knowing what to do on the football field. That's a tough ask for people. Man. Yeah. And also mentally they're like, you have to mentally grow up as well. Like you're going from, college like even like I always forget we we look at the college game and we kind of especially in today's world we look at them as pros now and like like I have a brother my younger brother is a sophomore in college and I look at these kids play and I'm like that like some of these guys in the NFL I'm like that's like they're a little bit older than my brother like these are like Bryce Young is like two years older than my brother 
I'm like, that is crazy to me where because you throw them in to a grown man's game, not saying that they're not, but they like you have to mentally grow up as well. And I think college does provide. That's why it was a natural step to the NFL, because mm. not only do you you grow up physically, but you grow up mentally as well to be able and to to go out into the world, because like in college, everybody's taking care of you. Right. Like, do they even like they don't do their own laundry. Right. Where then you go home now as a pro and it's your job now. Like you go to work, you show up, you have to get better. But then you also have a life outside. And it's like you have to learn how to grow up as an adult as well with everything away from football. And that can be that can be tough. My experience, even looking at the NBA, where, where kids come in at 18, 19 years old. And, and I'm, I'm not making this up. Sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, the more successful the transition, I've seen parents that live and travel with their 18 and 19 year olds in the NBA because the parents have said, hey, you're awesome, but you're not yet ready to be on the, on your own in this big world. You're going to get all the guidance you need professionally from your teammates and your coach and your coaching staff and the support of the, the franchise. But we are going to continue to be with you as you grow up along this crazy journey that's unlike any college experience that there is yeah and i'm not i, I mean and i've seen i've seen the more successful kids a lot of times they do that their parents for that first year will travel with them and say hey we're just gonna make sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to go and i think sometimes kids get thrown into this adult world where quick, yeah. you're in this incredibly different world of the nba anyway where you're traveling to different cities and people want a piece of you and a lot of times everybody wants to be around you and you're going to be the star of the show and yep. everywhere you go and now you have all this money and you're staying at five-star hotels and you're traveling all the time and man that's a that's a big leap to make from living in a college dorm you know what i'm saying absolutely all right uh coming up in a moment did you see the announcement of the 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame? Some good, one terrible mistake, Grace. Did you see that yesterday? I did see that. we got to talk about that next. I know Flanders got thoughts on that, too, as we continue on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wednesday, Grace Grill. Uh, is it Wednesday or Thursday? I don't even know what day it is anymore. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? Shoot, now you got me questioning. It's Thursday. It's, I think it's Thursday, Thursday right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was off. Here's the thing. I, uh, I hadn't taken much time off at all this past year. Uh, I took a little bit off for a uh, quick medical procedure, one of the many on my shoulders. <laughs> um and then that was it. So I had a bunch of time that I had to burn. So I, I had like nine days in a row off, if you include the Christmas holiday and Christmas, the day after Christmas and stuff like that. And honestly, like I unplugged 
for the first time in maybe two years, Grace. Like I just I didn't check my email. I That's hard to do sometimes. I, I know, but I needed and you know what? I went from I didn't even realize it. Like I was so ready to get back to work yesterday. But I had completely lost track of the days because there was an NFL game on every single day for a while there. I think that's harder with what, with what we do because you feel uh, – because the even if you do unplug, like you want to – it's nice yes. to get away and do that. But then coming back is so much harder when you do that because you're reading up on stuff, what I miss, and then you feel yep. – you just feel so out of it. Uh, speaking of what we might miss, might have missed so far, uh, we got a flounder feed. He's going to catch us up to date on things we have not yet spoken about or things we need to be aware of moving forward today. Flounder, what do we got going on this morning? All right, Jeff. Well, let's uh, let's circle back to the Canes here and talk a little bit uh, more in depth about their win last night over the Predators, as the team, of course, is coming back home to get ready to face the Montreal Canadiens later on tonight. And it was a 5-2 victory on the road against the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville, I mean, look, not the greatest team that Carolina has played this season, but a team that's playing a lot better uh, than we thought they would early in the season. Uh, it, this, this is, you know, to score five goals out of the gate, gets get, get a pretty significant win under your belt. And again, your goaltending is getting better. It's not perfect, um, but at this point, I mean, especially with what you saw earlier in the year, I, I think you're, you're just hoping that you can lean on guys like Sebastian Ajo, four points last night. Andre Shvechnikov back in the lineup. He scores a goal and has an assist. Brett Burns, one of your uh, one of your leaders that uh, you acquired last offseason, stepping up in this game as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. Look, Kane fans are, are probably still a little bit concerned about the goaltending that we've seen so far this year. But it feels like we've we've seen it get a little bit better here since they've sent Auntie Ranta down. Maybe that was a message that the team needed. And hopefully this is something that can turn their season back in the right direction for the preseason Stanley Cup favorites in most people's minds. No problem. Uh, I'll take what they have given us recently and hope that they can build on that. That's that's where we're at with the Canes. So, looking forward to that. Also, a uh, tough night for North Carolina last night. You're just going to keep throwing that back at me, ain't you? Well, no, people are waking up and maybe they wanted to, to hear. That's all I'm saying. Well, they, yeah, they lost. Uh, so, is that lost... your job as a UNC fan is to just shield the negative? Oh, that's definitely not my <laughs> job. You know that's definitely not the case. Uh, no, I mean... Yeah, that was the other that was the other big sporting event that was going on. Carolina loses 30 to 10 to West Virginia. Uh, there was a coach Brown that got Mayo dumped on him. Unfortunately, it was not the one that I was hoping for. Uh, but what a year for West Virginia, man. 9 and 4, a team that was projected to finish last in the Big 12 this offseason. Uh, that that's a program. Nine I mean, four. you're yeah. you're feeling pretty confident, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving that conference. I mean, they could factor in Next yeah. year, we'll have to wait and see, though. I don't care about West Virginia. Oh, okay. All right. Neither do I, but... I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, here's the thing I do care about, though. Like, first of all, ESPN, like, couldn't have given a bigger three-hour commercial to Duke's Mayo last night. Like, eh, they were all kinds of new products they were showcasing and putting it on TV. But is there a worse trophy in the history of sports, Grace, than to have... A gallon of mayo dumped on top of your head? Yeah. Is there a worse reward in the history of sports than that? Well, we have to figure out first, are you a mayo girl or no? Like like on a sandwich? 
So but maybe a teaspoon spread light, on some okay, bread. So you light know, mayo, yeah. You know, so I act, I love to cook. That's kind of my thing. But I, well, I'm not a mayo on sandwich person because the sandwiches I normally eat don't require mayo. But if oh. you make a burger and you make, like, my dad will make this, like, garlic aioli type stuff to put oh, on a burger, yeah, like, on a brioche go. bun. Oh, yeah. man. So if that makes me a mayo person. Then. But, like, straight up mayo, you won't. Like, I'm Harry Lyles fan. Jr. was literally that, dipping you, fries into mayo uh, and Actually, eating. that is actually a huge thing. So I, um, I grew up overseas, and I spent three years over in the Netherlands and three years in Ireland, but... In the Netherlands, that is the thing. Like, you go to McDonald's, they dip their french fries, and they're known for their french fries over there. They dip their french fries in mayo. Like, that is the thing. Like, they don't ask for ketchup. They don't ask for mayo or mm. mustard. They ask for mayo. Who is so a good I chunk started of us dipping my mayo? fries in mayo when I was little. There's a good chunk of a soliloquy in Pulp Fiction where Jules is talking about the differences, like, between a Burger King in America and a Burger King overseas in Amsterdam. Oh, it's it's so different. And that, like Ireland, their burger, like I remember when I moved back over stateside and not that I ate McDonald's a whole lot, but it was just a quick stop. The burgers over here tasted disgusting compared to the McDonald's mm. in Ireland burger because they were made with 100% Irish beef. Oh, Irish beef was better, you're saying? Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, when uh, when we went to uh, Italy a few years ago, right around the corner from the Vatican, there was a McDonald's. And after we had spent the entire day sightseeing and doing all kinds of stuff, I went there more out of curiosity than anything. Like, I wasn't jonesing for <laughs> you're a McDonald's. You're in Rome, and you're like, you know what? I really want but, a McDonald's. <laughs> no, I mean, it was more like an afternoon snack. But I'm like, I'll just order a quick burger and some and a small fries. Because I, I was just curious to see, okay, what is a McDonald's like here? It was exactly the same. There was no difference whatsoever. The man goes to Italy and says, "No, no, 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 no. Let me go to the Golden Arches." It was, it was, it was, (laughs) it was literally a three thirty in the afternoon snack, and it was more. Like, wouldn't you have been curious just to see? No, No. I'm in Italy. I'm there to eat pasta, dude. I was there for ten days. I had plenty of Italian food. It was okay. What? Whoa, my God! Did you wait? Whoa, whoa, whoa! It was okay. No, 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 no. I was saying I was okay because I oh, had plenty okay. of Italian food to eat. Okay. I thought you, you just were, saved yourself. I know. Wow. I thought you were referencing the food no, 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 was no, no, just no, no, no. okay over there. The food I was, was like, fantastic. I don't think you were in Rome. No, I was okay because I had you know, okay. the 89 to 95% of my diet was Italian meals. Mine had, still is, so. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> All right, that's well, there good. is a man currently over in Italy right now. I wonder. It was so good. Yeah, we know. Uh, yeah. Are you? I wonder if he's going to try McDonald's or anything. think so. Who is this? Willie. Oh, Willie's. Oh, that's Willie's right. getting. Yeah, he's in England is. right now. He sent us pictures ah. this morning. I'm going, and then he's going yeah, to Italy. I'm so excited! There you go. No, I was just more curious than anything. I don't even know if I ate the whole thing. I just wanted to see what it like. What? I and again, I go back to Pulp Fiction. They were talking about the differences between European McDonald's and Burger Kings than American ones, and I was like, I got to check this out. That was really where it came from. So, and I don't feel bad about that. Yes. That's you guys make it sound like that's what I dined on when I was over there. I was curious, and I had to. I'll tell you what is great over there, though. You know what is, was? We Gelato. found a place up the street. Taco Bell. No, there was this little bistro up the street, and they had this amazing stuff. And they brought out as part of our meal to the kids, like their version of French fries. And I don't know what they did to it, but it was way better. My kids loved it, and I had one or two of those. It was great. What is different about like? 
I don't know. It was there was a richer? Maybe it was the way they they seasoned them and fried them. But it was it's probably just it was fresh. Just better. That is maybe. one thing I will say about about Europe is that they it's the food is so much more fresher yeah. over there just because of the nature of the culture where yeah our bread over here it's like Wonder Bread right it lasts for one night uh, in a square in Florence I did have a great steak too I have not been to Florence but I'm going mm. this summer that's my I've been oh I'm. I love Renaissance art and culture oh. and the cathedrals, all that. And Florence is like yeah. the mecca of that. So I'm Grace, I'm Grace and I immediately bonded over that. That's right. That's I think that was our first conversation was over. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up in a moment, we will talk about Hall of Fame finalists for 2024. There is one Panther present and there is one missing, Grace, and I am not happy about it at all. Yeah, this one's a, a head scratcher for sure. We'll do it next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.